0: Today's date is January 12th, 2024, and this is episode 54 with Douglas Wood. You know him as Dew Sprinklers.
1: Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky? They come fishing with us.
2: Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan. And don't
1: play. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said. Get away from me, Satan. Jesus said. You don't tempt the Lord thy like God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said. Get away from me, Satan. Jesus said. You don't tempt the Lord thy like God. Now Jesus went to the desert, forty nights and forty days. When he got tired and hungry, to his Father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, If you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? He said, Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, Get away from me, Satan. Jesus said you don't tempt the Lord thy God, get behind me Satan, Jesus said get behind me Satan, Jesus said get away from me Satan, Jesus said you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil, he took Jesus to the temple up on top, and he said, if you are the son of God, you fall for this and rock. For the scripture says that angels will slow your falling down, and they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy like God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy like God. Then the devil get to Jesus, to a mountain top to shovel, all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil get go jesus you can't have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me he said get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said if you don't tempt the lord like God, get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, Hey, for me, Satan. Jesus said, He said, Don't tempt the Lord like God.
0: Hello, and welcome, everyone. As you know. This is an official godcast. It's Friday. We're back. We made it back. Thank God it's Friday. Here uh Stormageddon here in the Midwest. My name's Ron Johnston, joined here with Mary Cameron. And tonight giving his testimony, our special guest, Douglas Wood. How y'all doing? Fantastic. How are you, sir?
3: I've had better days. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, you guys. I I, had, I put that time in my calendar at 630, and I didn't even look to see, and I, mean, I should have known that it's Eastern Standard Time, duh. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, and I yeah. knew that when I put, when I got the message, I knew that I needed to accommodate those three hours, and then I just put it in my calendar, and yeah. then I went through the whole day thinking, I got till 630, and I'm good, yeah. that's my job, and and then about three, I was like, I got to get out of here because I kind of want to get home and, you know, settle in before I go on at 630. And then started thinking about it. I'm like, is it 630? And then <laughs> you texted me and then I'm like,
1: oh, no. I was- Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well,
2: you know what? That's okay. I know you just flew right in and you just flew right into your seat. So you can you just go. sit back and relax for a few minutes, gather your thoughts because we'll, we'll chat here a little bit and talk about what's coming up. And so you can. uh You'll be all set. No worries.
3: Thank you for your patience and your understanding. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I, I get sad. mad at that kind of stuff. And I've no, I get it. You days. know, we're
0: we're Pacific and Mountain and Eastern and Central, and it's sometimes it's tough to be all at the same spot at the same time. You know, it's yeah. I knew especially oh, when you're our stupid. age.
2: No, don't feel stupid. Can we get a five-five on do? You guys can hear him, right? Good. We didn't get a chance to do that we'll check, but yeah. looks like everybody can hear you. So. All right, so okay. yeah take some deep breaths we'll, right. we'll we're gonna chat i did for a little before bit, i came then, on uh, yet. then uh ron will introduce you here in a little bit
0: wonderful okay, sure. okay. hey thanks for everybody that's joining joining us here in the live chat as uh, a reminder if you've got a prayer request please just tag myself for mary and mary's gonna pray for us at the end of the podcast here and uh mary what's going on
2: oh i feel kind of like Douglas here. I just kind of flew in too, because I'm dog sitting, I'm dog sitting remotely for a friend. Yeah. There's two things in life that are kind of funny when friends ask you to take you to the airport, take them to the airport when they're going on vacation and when they ask you to dog sit when they're going on vacation, (laughs) but I like the dog. She's really awesome. So, but I had a limited time. So I just kind of flew in here too. So
0: I feel bad. I should have been later.
2: Oh, that's okay. I had time hey, someone, to someone's contemplate.
0: Gotta be on time. Somebody's got to be on time. and Sit here and sweat. <laughs> Wonder if anyone's going to show up tonight. Hey, you know, no. It's just you know that just goes okay. to show you what happens when you think you're going to make a plan.
2: <laughs> yeah, God has a different plan. That's right,
0: and He puts us all at the same place at the same time, ready to go, just yep. like clockwork. Like it was no big deal.
2: So I got the prayer jar right in front of my nose.
0: So, so you don't forget this week.
2: Yeah, two weeks in a row. Did you? Yes, okay. I forgot last week too.
0: Okay. We forgot to have a show last week. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so it's actually been like three weeks. That's true. That's all right. What do we got going on next week?
2: Oh, next week we have uh DJ Shaw. Deb. I know oh, her. Deb known otherwise known as DJ Shaw Shaw on the nineteenth. And she's from your neck of the
0: woods. Oh, We got a lot of people from Michigan on the show, don't we? I know. That's <laughs> right.
2: We've had a few from Minnesota.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I think I think uh, Do might be the only Californian so far. Maybe I don't know.
0: Californian.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, Man. and after that, we got uh, my friend Mari on the twenty sixth of January. Mari Keesling,
0: Mari. I love that. Yes.
2: yes, She's, she's going to be awesome. She's been my prayer partner for many years. We have a really awesome friendship. Um, We've done a lot of spiritual battles together and she's an author and a speaker as well. So
0: another author.
2: Yes. She's going to talk to us about a study she's got coming up at our church that people can maybe even participate in if they want to
0: we got enough authors to start a book club.
2: (laughs) The seven last words of Jesus Mm. on the cross. So really interesting. I like it. Yeah.
0: And then for anyone else, if you would like to come and share your testimony on this is an official Godcast, that would be wonderful. We would like that. You could do that just simply by getting a hold of myself or Mary. And uh, you guys know how to do that by now if you don't. Uh, hire a private detective, and they'll 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 find us for you.
2: Just screenshot right now, because that's what I did in the chat. Oh, there you go.
0: Oh yeah, Gmail. This is officialgodcast at gmail That's how you get a hold of us.
2: All right, that's
0: right. Perfect. That's right. Come share your testimony. That's why we're here, right?
2: Or smoke signals—they work too.
0: <laughs> All right, I got to talk to our guest. This guy looks pretty okay. interesting first off first off i remember you on duncan's show man you're a punk rocker
3: yeah (laughs) well i used to be i don't listen to rock anymore well i still can appreciate it but it's not my daily yeah digest of music anymore
0: well i remember you guys were talking about maybe doing this christian punk rock band
3: i've had a few christian punk rock bands that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah i had one called the uh forgiven
0: nice and then i love that we
3: had one that was called the penny loafers where we we were kind of doing the i don't know we didn't want to say that we were christians we were trying to be like a secular band with christian lyrics and sneak it in and yeah. uh we wore penny loafers <laughs> <laughs> it was like a short-lived thing it only went like a couple of gigs but yeah, those were the punk rock days, and then we had a awesome. band called Darkness, etc. And oh. that was the probably the most punk that I got. <laughs> it was all very dark music. But uh... and then I have the Drum Thieves. I don't know if you guys have heard them, but I have some music out on um, it's on Bandcamp and YouTube. You can check out my old band, the Drum Thieves, and I still every now and then we'll play with that drummer and we'll do some stuff. We've done like some. Get togethers where we got to back together for little gigs, but we don't play anymore regularly. And uh now it's good just music.
2: I've doing... listened to it. It's good. Have you
3: listened to the drum piece? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a good rock and roll. There's one punk song, I guess, on there. <laughs> yeah, I looked
2: punk. you I looked you up when you when you first started your podcast and I found oh, okay, that music.
3: Cool. And oh, so
2: awesome. it was good. I liked
3: it. Yeah, it's free for downloads. I don't ever try to get money off that. I just I've always put out my stuff for free and that was the one that i did put on like where you can download it and all that
2: stuff. yeah yeah
3: and i got some other ones that i think maybe someday i'll do but they're so old it's like uh, digging up relics <laughs> you know, i'm ready to start making some new music and i'm yeah. just now starting to record some new tunes so
4: okay. it's more
3: exciting to get into the new stuff than rehashing the old yeah cool what are you working on now some bluegrass tunes, and oh, uh, I, I played it. one. I think on the podcast, I just recorded it as a song episode or a music episode, mm-hmm. and I think it's called "The Gun." As I put one on there, and then I got another one, uh, "Binding the Strong Man," and a couple other actually punk rock tunes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what oh. uh, one's called Bruja, and just just, and they're all Christian based songs now. So I don't write any more secular music um it's definitely from a christian's perspective anyway i, I don't know if they all say praise the lord all the time but <laughs> they do speak about jesus and yeah and then that darkness band we wrote a song called darkness etc like a the theme song and that was actually ended up being a christian song and uh that one's not released but that was a drum thieves song I, I probably will release that one someday and duncan played it on his show one time because i sent him a copy of it <laughs> Yeah. And it's not mastered or anything, so it didn't sound good. I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna send that to anybody else because it's <laughs> well, you're so your like,
2: own worst critic, usually.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, I'm yeah. a freak about like that kind of stuff. I, I shouldn't be. I'm getting less and less like that. I'm, God's teaching me to just you know roll with it and yeah. make yeah. The mistakes along with the you know, the perfections yeah. and all that stuff and just yeah. God makes it perfect, not me, man. I'll tell you what. I could try all day to get perfect and it ain't happening. Right. <laughs> I'll always look back and say I could have done this different or you know this should be better or this and that but god has a way of perfecting those things and making them where they should be and making them sit just right if you really walk with him and faithfully let him kind of guide you yeah. in those things i'm amazed what happens and then i'm not so critical of those things anymore so god's learning teach me to get low in some places you got to get low let other people get high you know let, yeah. let other get people that i've been on stage for all my life you know like I've never been afraid to go on stage, even though I get stage fright. Still, I I just always eat up the, you know, being attention, you know, grabber. Yeah, and it's never been a problem for me. But now God is teaching me like, you've had your time, dude, and now you want to. What I want you to do is to bring other people to the stage, and and now you support them, and so that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, get low. Guys, tell me, get low, man, and and because when we get older, we should. You know what I mean? We should. Yeah make the way for the new generation and for the young guys that are coming in so my son's really musical he's awesome got great guitar chops he's playing metal but you know i did too when i was young so and punk rock and he likes all that stuff he's growing up with this you know liking the same stuff that i liked
2: you know awesome
3: yeah so it's awesome but it's great to see him creating um he can write you know so he's got a lot of talent and he can play a lot more instruments than I i can play guitar and that's it i can bar a few chords on the piano that's about it But he can play keyboards, he can play guitar, he can play drums, he can play uh, trumpet and French horn. You know, he's good at not a master at any of them, but really good at all of them, you know, like good enough to play at all of them. So I've never been able to do that multi kind of instrument thing. And I I really admire that because he's only 19 and he's already kind of he's dropped his horns and stuff lately. He's more a guitar now. And when I was a kid, there was so many people playing that it was easy to hook up with another guitar player, or you know. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of bass players was the problem. Everybody wanted to play guitar, but you'd always teach. You could always talk a guitar player, you know, who was your weaker link or whatever. (laughs) Why don't you pay the bass, you know, because it's still a guitar. And we'd always, you know, we'd switch off and stuff like that. We'd always find a bass player. Yeah. but uh with the drum thies, i was lucky enough to have a really like a bass player a real bass player who was really good at bass and that was nice to have that because exactly. i know always in the past we'd always have to just make do for a bass player you know yes. <laughs> it'd usually be one of us guitar players <laughs> buying you know or we'd share a bass we'd buy a bass that everybody would share yeah you know?
2: <laughs> i've learned to appreciate the bass a lot more as i've got aged i think and realized how integral it is to the to the music but because oh, yeah. when i was a kid it was like you know the electric guitar players were like mm-hmm. you know although that was the awesome part you know like, they get the stage the bass person. is mm-hmm. really really important especially yeah. when you become a dancer you realize how important oh, that sure. is
3: absolutely because so. guitar player does not rely on the rhythm and the backbeat yes. and if you don't have the bass working with that rhythm yes it's not working and a guitar player can't just go up there and do bass it's not just like playing yeah. guitar yeah. uh yeah it's a total different approach so do I, you yeah. sing too
2: i can't remember if mm-hmm. you sing yeah. on yeah. on those ones that i listen yeah. to okay
3: yeah i'm the singer for the drum thieves okay. and i sing all my original material um and yeah i've never worked with a singer <laughs> i've always been the singer <laughs> even though i'm not the greatest singer i have a hard time with some of these singers yeah yeah Well, I have actually, I've worked with a singer for a little bit and I just didn't like it because he was arrogant and I just, I just don't feel a place in that. Um, Yeah. And I think that that can be a problem with some of these singers, you know, and I like being the singer because I write the songs and I kind of already know how I want them sung. I kind of know what I have in mind. And so I'm not so worried about that. Yeah. And I'm not so worried about me being the best singer in the world. I'm willing to do it. I do it good enough to pull it off and you know that's okay with me i don't have to be you know some great singer and i i didn't ever take any vocal training or anything but i did swing i sang in choirs and you know and stuff in church and stuff you know i got a huge history with my background there's a lot of musicians and music so nice. i've been blessed to have lots of great musicians and during church when i grew up you know had great musicians you know helping me yeah. raise me up and help me get trained and help me get awesome. good exposure yeah. I remember we did a jazz festival and I was like, just starting guitar, I was only about 10 or 11 and they did a big, huge festival with all these musicians and they were giving me sheet music. And I was like, wait
1: a minute, I can't do this.
3: And they, they were so awesome. The group that did it, they really encouraged me and said, no, you can do this and we'll help you. And, and they really did. And, and mm-hmm. that, that made me kind of like go, Oh, I can do this, you know? And, and I just have to surround myself with people that are better than me because <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> all well, these
3: people were you know, seasoned musicians. And uh, I was the only little kid that really didn't know what he's doing. And it they, they got me through it. And I, I was able to accompany that whole uh, festival, which was yeah. really cool.
2: Yeah, that's how we yeah. should actually live our life, really, is to surround ourselves with those that are better yeah. than us, too. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I've been blessed by that. So I think that's where I'm at. I'm awesome. going full circle. Like now I'm the one that's passing yeah. that stuff on to the younger generation and it feels good. I love it. And it's very fulfilling and blessed. You know, you get a yeah. really awesome blessing out of helping young people, man. It's awesome. There's yeah. a kid that we used to play. I used to worship at a, uh, Presbyterian church. When I moved back from the beach, my wife and I just got married. We wanted to move closer to my parents. And, uh, she was going to a Presbyterian church. My dad kind of had fizzled out of church by that time. Kind of, he was not going to church, but she was still. And, uh, I Presbyterian church. I, I grew up in that church. I didn't really want to go there. You know, it was kind of a dead pulpit and they're definitely going liberal and stuff.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: but my mom was so solid in that church. And there's so many good old people that are church that I grew up with that. I, I just knew that was the right thing to do is go to church with her until, you know, cause she was real old and she just died recently. Yeah. But, um, that church was it was even though it was it was not the church that really introduced me to jesus it did give me some foundations you know i mean some yeah. some basic uh you know biblical foundation truths and i knew that my family you know sought god and, and that kind of stuff so but that oui. church it, it had some problems <laughs> well um don't don't get too to far into, into your that. testimony yeah. yeah that's part of my testimony oh. yeah, that will okay. be in there. yeah yeah
2: we'll do a little prayer here and then we'll let it
3: okay. loose. <laughs> okay,
0: sounds good. All right, um, for those that are with us, please join us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, God, and thank you for everyone here that's joined us, that's listening tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Friday nights and on Godcast here, where we can come together just just to worship and talk and love love you, Lord. I pray for each and every one of us here that's with us, that's listening. And I want to thank you for blessing us with Douglas tonight. I know his testimony will encourage us all. Above all tonight, I thank you, Lord, for our salvation. Thank you for your son. And I want to pray for salvation for those who are without that in their lives. I pray that they're listening to this testimony tonight. Father, I ask just that you be with us and love us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Ron.
0: That's great that we have an uh I can't believe how many musicians are in this community. Um, uh, we probably have enough yeah. for about four or five bands. It's like yeah, every time I turn my head, there's another musician. It's incredible.
3: Yeah. And you play too, right? I don't, no. 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 Didn't you have somebody no, on your um, show that did play? Burke, yeah, Mike.
0: Know, Burke, our, oh, our 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 other co host was who started out with us, Burke. He's a he's a musician. He plays that's uh, strings, who I'm thinking and of. sings, yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, he played some songs of his on your show, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, I heard those. Yeah, they're good. Those are good stuff. Yeah, I want to get to the point where we can get together online and do recordings with each other. I'm trying to work out some way to do that. Uh, I haven't gotten there yet, but I am still working on getting away. We can get some of these people together online and do some – recordings that uh, there's ways to do oh, yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah, with it's not Zoom I don't think he use There's other formats that it's Apple has. Got to be hard and, to uh, get timing down though, no. Yeah, if you're if That's there's buffering the and delay, sometimes that right. can be a problem. Yeah. Um but what you can do is you can just record subtracks, let them have it and mm-hmm. then they can put their tracks on top without you having to be there live. Yeah, yeah. And then you can edit it to be one solid video, which is really cool. So I've seen guys do that, and yeah, I think it's a it's an Apple uh, program that does it. I think is like Bandcamp or not Bandcamp, but a Rock or Garage Band. I think is what they use. I'm not sure, but I'm going to look into it. I know some guys that have done it, and I'm going to pick their brains and <laughs> see if I can figure out a way. Because I got a I got a rendition of one of Bard's songs that he exits with. You know that mm-hmm. uh, like keyboard thing that he ends with. Yeah. We'll never give in. We pray. We fight. We, yeah. You know, oh, all yeah. That stuff. Yep. I did a version of that. And I'm hoping to someday that I can get all the beat dads to all chant the, you know, the verses into it. So we get everybody in there and then release it somehow and give it to Scott or something. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Yeah, I awesome. it's me and my
3: son did it because we wanted to see if we could. And I love giving my son projects. Like I'll tell him, do this and I'll give him an outline of what I want. And he yeah. pops it out like in 24 hours the dude's just amazing so i gave him that project and he did he popped it out but we just got to put the vocals on top and uh one of these days i want to get to that so i, I got to figure out how to wait to get recordings you know from all over the world be kind of stuff.
2: Be very similar to we are the world version huh
3: yeah yeah it's kind of <laughs> like that yeah i kind of appreciate that kind of effort yeah it's yeah awesome. <laughs> and well, there's a thank group you. there's a group that actually does this kind of stuff i can't think of the name but if i do i'll bring it up later but uh they do they do they've do, uh, done some albums this way and they go to street record to get street musicians they record them on the street and then they do workups with other musicians from other places it's, it's just amazing how they put it all together and it sounds really good yeah. so it can be done i haven't done it yet but <laughs> i'd like to well, see well those street
2: musicians you know they're pretty good
3: Oh man, ones. they picked some really good guys. If I could think of who is the group that does it, they pick some really good musicians. So, you want me to start? Then you ready for me to start? Because I'll just keep s- small <laughs> talking if I don't get going here. But, well,
2: uh, Ron, Ron usually gives us the signal.
3: Oh, okay. i was waiting for the signal. Okay, I'll wait for. He's the
2: signal. muted though. There you he go. He's
3: <laughs> oh yeah, muted. you're muted.
2: You're muted. You're still muted. <laughs> We can't hear you, right It won't unmute. I know, right? <laughs> Ron, Ron, you're, there you there are. You gotta yeah, <laughs> push that button, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was your signal. God bless you're you, mute. Mary. <laughs> yeah. That was your signal unmuted muted
0: himself so you could talk oh, is, he was giving me the signal this <laughs> is something mary and i do every week i talk on mute and no one can hear me and mary tells me <laughs> to unmute we just get together every friday on podbean just to do this it's fun so i'm glad you could make it this friday <laughs> thanks for showing up dude <laughs> yeah
3: no problem man. thanks for having me like
4: okay having so Costello.
0: so we normally have a little bit of a pre-show but we're all just sea of our pants a little bit sliding in late so, do you missed all that? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the quick overview right now. Okay, <laughs> okay, you okay? It's uh it's about well, your your central time, your central time. I'm Western. Oh, uh, Pacific Pacific right, yeah. Pacific time. Pacific. Holy smokes! So it's three hours. Yeah,
3: and I was like, okay, okay. So it's four thirty there. I thought it was only two, but it's three. Hours.
0: So it's like four thirty there, right? Four yeah. thirty. Okay, 4:25. so at your time 5:30 you're going to want to be your time. you're going to be somewhat in the area of wrapping up okay okay that's just the it. way that's just the way it happens on here god's got control of it it's not up to me or you okay oh, that's cool i should be able to do that <laughs> but if yeah. you start going a little bit longer and you need to be nudged okay, you get this yeah, you can
5: nudge me yeah you get oh, yeah, the little
0: okay.
3: sign <laughs> nice you and and for it. those
0: of you that didn't get to see that, I got a little sign that says time. And that just means, hey, we want to wrap it up. We got about 10 more minutes, okay? Yeah. So if That's you see nice. that sign, that wonderful. Very... If if not, we'll transition into it um, more organically and, and we'll enjoy it any either way. So yeah. don't worry. And, you
2: know, <laughs> we just gave everybody a clue into the pre-show. Welcome to the pre-show, everybody.
0: Yeah, it's what they pay the big bucks for. That's You right. know, the, the you paid
2: we got, tonight, we got a freebie tonight. We got a freebie okay so yes
0: do the floor is yours um all right you may get some questions from myself from mary from our live chat audiences audiences we just have one audience From our live i'm not chatters. watching
3: the chat if i start looking at the chat it's gonna mess me <laughs> oh, up oh yeah so, well purposely you... i said a couple hellos and i'm like getting off it yeah we'll watch That's that we'll share
0: everything with you if someone insults you okay. we won't tell you we'll just pretend it didn't happen and move forward and enjoy your testimony. <laughs> you <go>. yes <laughs> all
3: right perfect okay. all right thank well you. i just want to start by saying thank you lord for you know giving me this opportunity and thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. Uh, and may God speak through me. May God give me the words to say that are true and, and are edifying for others to hear. And that will bring belief to Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say that I'm not anything that's, I've not arrived. I'm not I'm not going to be like the guy that's the Christian that's awesome. I'm on fire for Jesus, man. But I tell you, I struggle every day and I have to fight sin every day. So, um I'm not going to give up though, and I, this is my encouragement. Through, if you hear anything out of my testimony, hear this: is that I've been so messed up, and I could have walked away from Jesus for good many times and thought about it even, and but I never did, and thank God I didn't. And you know, it's like what what do you want to do? You want to serve God or not? You know, kind of, and and make that decision. Start contemplating that that question, and even if you're not perfect that that doesn't mean you can't serve god if you're not at the point that you want to be or the point that you think you should be or if you're you're still sinning the same sin every day that doesn't matter go serve god anyway you know do what you can for god now don't wait till you're all cleaned up because god does that not you anyway you know what i mean yes. god cleans the fish or whatever you i've heard this saying before but You know what I mean? I just want to encourage everybody, just don't ever give up. Give what you got for God today, even if it's just that little bit that you have, because he'll give you the opportunity to give more. And the more you give, the easier it gets. Um, The more you step towards God, the more you want to. Um, And the more he wants you and the more that he um, chases you, you know, Um, you start chasing him, he's going to chase you just as much or harder. So start chasing and clinging to Christ. That's just the over message I really want to put out to everybody. And I have not arrived. I'm going to talk about a lot of church history, but you'll see through my testimony that church don't save you. All right. Yeah. So the thing that you guys ask for number one is what happened in your before Jesus, um, why you needed him? Well, I would say that my before Jesus time was, I was pretty young when I accepted Jesus for the first time. Um, I grew up in church. I was baptized as a baby. Um, into the Presbyterian church in my local town. My parents went to that church all, almost all the whole time they lived here. Um, my dad eventually stopped going. My dad fell away from the Lord. Um, and uh, But then before he died, he did reded, red, rededicate himself. So I know I'll see him in heaven. But uh, yeah, we went to that church all growing up. Um, I did need him. Because I am fallen like the rest of us, right? We all need Jesus. I don't know anybody that doesn't. So uh yeah, and I went to kind of a dead church where you're not gonna you're gonna hear the gospel, but nobody's gonna walk you through it. Nobody's gonna really help you understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as a youngster, it was really adult messaged, you know, um, church. And I would say for me, I had a hard time, you know, getting somebody to meet me where I was spiritually and as a youngster i just kind of went and you know stayed quiet and behaved and <laughs> and if i didn't my parents would smack me and you know that kind of thing and, and i was always like when are we going to get out of here you know that was really when i was a kid i, I just couldn't wait for it to end I, I didn't really enjoy it you know i thought it nice look at the congregation and i thought they're all sitting here and once a week they come and confess their sins, but then they all go back to sinning all week long and they think they come back once a week and they're good. Right. Yeah. I was only like, you know, I was really right. young when I'm thinking this stuff, you know, so I, I was already kind of seeing like you could get yourself caught up into a cycle here that just ain't real, you know? And yeah. so I was kind of already going and our pulpit was very, you know, not, I would say dead. It wasn't really, um, uh, on fire, it was just going through the motions a lot of show and a lot of you know repetition and repeat and, and that kind of stuff. Our church did great stuff though, like I say, that jazz festival, they, they brought in some really good events. Um, but that's kind of show too, right? It's not really what you really need when you go to church, you know, you're supposed to be getting healed and fed and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I needed God. My parents were they weren't very happy parents, they fought all the time. Um, they never did get divorced. I did uh grow up in my family all the whole time and never was in a broken home per se, but I would say that it was because my parents didn't commune or, you know, they didn't have a good loving relationship. Um, they fought a lot. And then it was kinda of like we were the kids outside embarrassed because their parents were screaming so loud that you're just like, let's go to the other side of the neighborhood so I don't have to hear this kind of thing and yeah, try to talk my kids into getting her away from my house because what was going on inside is not pretty and so i feel people that have a broken home that they didn't they only grew up with one mom or one dad that's horrible thing. so there was times where i felt that way because my mom would be so distinguished from the fight you know the battle we'd come home from you know getting away from the noise and then my mom would just be devastated you know just an, an emotional wreck and I kind of felt like i didn't just grow up with my dad because they were getting such big fights that she would just end up so depressed and so just messed up that you couldn't she was not act you know a participant basically she wasn't active in the nurture of what she was trying you know what should should have been done with her kids so there was a lacking there um so i needed god for those reasons to fill those spots right so um I didn't feel like that was happening though my church wasn't offering that option or that that out the outlet you know what i'm saying that wasn't something that got you know brought to me but I remember one day a buddy of mine and my we're outside of my friends or in front of my house actually my house and we were playing it was beautiful oh i'll never forget this day this is the day that i said the jesus prayer um it was a gorgeous summer coming out of spring into summer i think i was about 11 years old and My friend was 12 and he went to the Baptist church down the street from our house. And then I went to the Presbyterian church and we were neighborhood friends. We both were going to church and neither one of us had ever said a prayer to Jesus to accept Jesus, which was interesting. I thought for sure, you know, that when I, when that all happened, I thought, well, haven't you done that before, you know, (laughs) but anyway, the lady comes down the road and you guys were talking and somebody was Oh, Jeff was having a track company.
0: Yes. That's when I
3: said, that was the first time I met Jesus was through a track. And because this lady came up the road and it was so inviting, I got to say, as I saw her coming up, I've never seen this woman in my life, but as she's walking up, we were kind of already walking towards the curb where she was walking to. And it just seemed like it was such an, a divine appointment, like we had crossed paths so perfectly in time that, and I, it was almost like I was expecting her or she was expecting me or... You know and i almost looked at her like i wanted to talk to her like she had yeah. something to say to me and so i just felt gravitated to walk as and she's smiling and just seems such like a friendly soul and my friend i didn't know at the time had recognized her because they went to that church with him and he didn't know her but he told me later that oh yeah i recognized her and i thought oh do i know you you know and then he realized that, Oh, I go to church with you, but he didn't never have ever had spoken to her before. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I didn't know that. And we just walked right up to her and she started talking and, and she gave us this track called the wordless book. And, uh, that's an awesome track that's been around. I thought he said, who was the guy that I sent? You said that started it. Um, I have to look it up again, but, uh, it's been from the 1800s. This track, um, been around for a long time and it's just, color book it only has colors no words in the book it's just colors and it kind of gives you a guideline at the beginning how to to present it um so you got the black page which is sin and then you got the red page which is the blood of christ and then there's a white page that makes you sinless and and everybody gets to whoever presents that track can do their own little version of how that gets told so this lady really had I think an anointing on her to tell me, man, the way that was just pulling at my heart so Mm -hmm. hard hard that I was just like, when she said at the end, "Do you want to have this prayer? Do you want to say this prayer right now?" I was like, I looked at my friend like, of course, you know, (laughs) and and he looked at me and he was nodding his head like, this, we're doing this, you know, and I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm so glad. So we did. We prayed with her, and it was so like I believed so fully. Um, as a child, that childlike faith was so strong. I think I, I even pictured Jesus, you know, opening this door in my heart, kind of coming in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of like, I pictured that happening as I'm praying. I'm like, oh, he's <laughs> going in there, you know? And, <laughs> it's kind of he's funny, pulling but, right
2: in the garage.
3: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I really believed it happened that day. And I think it did because ever since that day, man, God has pursued me. And has always been speaking to me and speaking to my heart and bringing those scriptures up that my mom used to read to me at night and inscribing those into my heart, you know. And I was blessed to have a mom that did read the Bible to me at night. So, uh, yeah, those scriptures—I don't always know the address, I don't always know where they are, but they're in my heart, man. They are inscribed in the tablet of my heart, and they will not go away. And has been like that since that day. And and uh, it doesn't mean that. When I just accepted Jesus at 11 years old, that everything was hunky dory and I went just on fire for Jesus and it was all good. No, it was not like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Your life wasn't perfect from that on out?
3: No. It doesn't no. work like that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, anybody that has, you know, thinks that that's going to happen, yeah, it ain't going to happen. So, oh. but most likely <laughs> it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say it couldn't happen. God could do anything. I, I would not right. put it past him to be able to. Oh, There's miracles and I've seen guys really get delivered from stuff, which did happen for me too, but not everything, you know, there was stuff. I still have to struggle with today and Mm -hmm. anger was one of them. So I didn't have anger as a young child, but eventually anger became my problem, you know, and, uh, that's still today. I was pretty angry (laughs) (laughs) Had one of those days. (laughs) uh, I had my buddy Tommy from the drum thieves. He's a drummer that I used to play with in the drum thieves. He lost his job, so I've been putting him to work with my company here whenever I can, you know, help him out. And he was kind of making me mad today.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. I had him help me build a shed and uh yeah, I, I kinda he was like, Do you need a hug or something? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I think I do. I need a break, do you like we are sitting here, give me a hug and let's pray or something because I was getting a little bit I can't even imagine you mad. I know. Like most people probably that know just me, smiling like, day, you've never seen me angry. They're like, ah, oh, you don't really seem like that kind of guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, talk to my wife. She'll tell you.
2: Yeah. Well, I can relate. I had one of them days yesterday and I'm going to probably pray about it later tonight. Yeah, <laughs> so I get it. Yeah.
3: But anyway, from that day, I just really feel like that was my first encounter with Jesus. He gave me such an awesome first experience that I could never forget it. You know. And then I always knew where I needed to be, even when I was falling away. And that always was brought back to my heart. And my convictions were always there because, you know, God's Holy Spirit won't be mocked. You know, he's like, no, you've made a decision for me. I'm going to hold you to it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And, uh, yeah. And so I'm thank God that he's so faithful, man, because I'm not, you know, I, and I'll tell you now how I came to have this relationship is number two part. Right. And that's the growing cycle of, being a Christian was not pretty for me. Um, I eventually got, you know, in junior high school and I just kind of went to church, you know, with my parents and I thought I'm in, you know, because of what I do, you know, and I had a small prayer life at that point. It wasn't really very intense and I didn't have a whole lot of people mentoring me in church, you know, raising that up so much. It was more just like I said, that kind of traditional type service where it's just kind of do the same thing you did last week and then you go home and you know and they weren't very outreach you know oriented or anything like that they had a uh what do you call that vbs every year Mm -hmm. which they did some great stuff i gotta say i knocked that church a lot but i thank god that i had it because it did give me some solid foundation that i always cling to you know and so um yeah it has problems and i think every church does anyway so But eventually we went to junior high, started meeting girls. Yeah, it was really girl crazy. I was just crazy about girls. And I got kind of sidetracked with that for a while, chasing women. Or they weren't women yet, but they were girls. And, uh, yeah, I just was a cocky young boy. And then drugs became a problem. all the music in the band and my mom used to always say i wish i never would have gave you that electric guitar because you just started partying and you just started going rock and roll at these parties and and you just yeah it's not what i wanted from you you know it's not what i had in mind because yeah i would i would love to go and be the star of the show at these parties and play my guitar and you know rock out the party and then stay there all night partying with them and you know, all that stuff. I, I, yeah, I just went for that kind of stuff too much. Like I got really carried away for a while there actually got myself into an addiction and uh, eventually had a methamphetamine addiction. That was pretty powerful. Um, and about my junior year in high school, I, I made a recommitment to Jesus because I just saw some of my friends getting so drugged out and some died. And speed was a big thing in my town. Methamphetamines really does kill people. And it was really tearing my character apart. I could lie straight face to you and never have a bit of guilt about it and probably even believe it myself. Um, And yeah, did a little bit of stealing and some bad things that i knew were wrong never got any bad jail time luckily spent the night in jail a couple of times um but all expunge from my record think i don't have a record anything like that i was young enough to where some of the stuff goes away and some of it the da never did prosecute some of it was you know drunk in public kind of stuff, <laughs> or being on the influence you know i didn't have a real bad criminal problem but it did start leading me down some of those paths and hanging out with the wrong folks that that was eventually, I think going to be an issue if I didn't get cleaned up. And then when I saw a couple of people die and I started feeling the effects of that drug myself, I thought, you know, I'm going to kill myself if I don't get this straight, you know, if I don't get off this, you I, 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 I don't want to, I'm not, far, you know, I'm far from God. And I didn't know if I was going to go to heaven at that point, you know, it's kind of like, oh, if I die now, I, I don't know, you know, where I'm going to end up. I wasn't so sure anymore. Hmm, so. Scary.
0: That's a scary My boss,
3: who is Pastor Willie Dalgety of Set Free here in Ukaipa now, he was a good Christian man that I worked for, for a landscape company. And uh, he was really intrigued with Set Free Church that was happening in Anaheim at the time. And he didn't start that church. It was Pastor Phil Aguilar. I don't know if you ever heard of him. But he started a church in Anaheim, California called Set Free and street level ministry very outreached awesome awesome church they did some great great things um and he says look and i told him i went to work one day and this is after i had he this my poor boss he 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 was such an awesome dude but he had to endure a screwed up kids and our problems so <laughs> oh much i feel sorry for him but uh i remember one day i showed up to work And I was dating a girl and I had gotten her pregnant and she was telling me that she was going to have an abortion. And I remember going to work that day and I was so torn up about what I had done, you know, like, Oh, I put myself into this position where now I have a child and now it could be killed because this girl is going to make this decision, which I did not agree with and tried to talk her out of it. But she was like, and I even said, I will marry you, whatever. You know, she's laughing at me like Doug, we're not getting married, you know, we're both all screwed up. <laughs> she was too. And we were both on drugs. And she's like, that's never gonna work. She's like, you can't say anything about it. It's my choice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. abort it. Yeah. And I said, oh, and I said, that's not right. It should be part of my choice, you know and i was yeah. having a hard time with that. I remember I went to work that day and i i walked off the job because i was so emotionally messed up. And my boss was kind of like called me that day. He says, "Hey man, what happened? You you didn't have you could have got a ride home, but you walked home." You know like and i was like 5 4 miles from my house. I walked 4 miles just to get the heck off that job and because i couldn't i just couldn't go through that day. But anyway, uh he called me and i said, "Well, look, i'm messed up." You know, i told him my whole story and i told him what happened. She aborted the kid. And, and uh you know, I gotta get out of this. I gotta get off these drugs, you know, I gotta get clean because I don't want this to happen again, you know. <laughs> it seems like I'm setting myself up for all kinds of inheritance of sins that I don't I don't want these consequences, you know. Yeah. And I said, I need to get back on the road with God and, and he knew because I he was very open and he knew we were on dro- drugs and you know, he wouldn't tolerate it if we were on the job, of course, and but you know, he knew what we were doing and he would always and he was at that point, he was had a vision to start a church and all this stuff. And he was telling me that oh, God talked to him and, and we would be all calling him on it. Like, okay, dude, then when are you going to start your church? You know? And he's like, you'll see. He says, I am going to start a church, you know? And he goes, and I'm going to, hopefully you guys will be joining, you know, joining me, you know? But anyway I told him I need to get out drugs. He told me go to set free, go down to Anaheim, just go to church. Uh, on a Sunday and then tell them after church, you want to join the the program. You want to get in the rehab program because they had a re- rehab program. You could enter for free and mm-hmm. you could live there for free and all this stuff. He says, just go down and spend, you know, as long as you need, go down and get, get stuff clean. So I did. Showed up for church all spun out <laughs> <laughs> and uh, told him I was and that I don't want to be anymore. And you know, I'm like, I'm ready to stop this. So they sent me to a place called the ranch and it's out in this place called Lake Paris or the city of Paris, uh, in California, not Paris, nothing like Paris, obviously it's out in the desert. And they, and the ranch ain't no Ponderosa that they send you to. This is like a big piece of dirt with some fence around it and some shanty wood shacks with bunk beds made out of plywood and an out, thou an, an outhouse and a pool change, heat up your own water shower sounds like oh, staring so like, straight yeah it was roughing it dude literally <laughs> you're in like a slapped together piece of wood dirt floor shanty you know like just a little wood box yeah. and they build these wood bunk beds in there yeah and straight out get on. out of here yeah and then they dig a hole in the ground they put a wood box over it called an outhouse and then they have another pit next to that full of gravel. And you got a pull chain that you fill up. That you got to heat up your own water throw it in this big barrel. And then you get in the shower and you pull the chain and <laughs> it just gravity showers you. That was pretty rough. So it was Karen,
2: like- Karen says, uh, she's imagining the movie in the chat. She says, I'm imagining the movie Holes for the kind of yeah. scenery.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's kind of like that, actually. I've never seen that movie, but I kind of know what you're talking about yep, there. Yep. I've seen it enough to know. It but, also uh, sounds yeah, familiar
2: from what Jeff Jowdry was talking about, too. Who's that? Uh, he's a friend of Jim Conley's that we had on to give his oh, testimony.
3: I don't think I heard that one.
2: Yeah, it, we had a little, you know, Jim kind of stepped in for him. But anyway, he talked about a similar thing like that going oh, off man. in a different... Area I I don't know what that was called I thought it was something similar but yeah so that's a good programs when you get involved in that kind of thing they
3: yeah it ones. was also really good for me uh, the food wasn't great you know you're talking like uh, turkey necks and soup mix this is like you know that's the only meat that's in there is turkey necks and gizzards and
2: well it's what I grew up on
3: yeah. <laughs> So the food was about the same every night you get this mixture (laughs) soup you know with celery and gizzards and all this stuff and then coffee was you know like cowboy coffee just pour it right into the water and the grounds are all mixed in but i kind of enjoy that kind of stuff anyway i i I fall right into that i love camping i love being outside i love all that stuff so that didn't bother me all that stuff some people really you know are so domesticated they don't like oh dude this is not
4: cool you know (laughs) but i I, i
3: i didn't have any problem with that part but uh, and I was happy to get off drugs. I was happy to have a place where I could go where every day we went into Bible study. Every day we went in for prayer every like all day long, yeah. every day. So uh, I was I was like, oh, this is what I need. And I ate it up for two weeks on that ranch. Nice. And then they sent me to the homes, which are the church homes, which is in Anaheim, downtown Anaheim, California, where the church was able to grab up a whole bunch of residences from the city, um, for free because they were abandoned, uh, decrepit homes and set free has a really awesome ministry that's active and working. And they would refinish these houses and fix them up. And so the city was like, we like what you're doing. Uh, we'll keep giving you these homes. And so they would give them these homes basically free. Um, because they would save the city money in the end. Yeah. So oh. yeah. So they actually became really good relationship with the city and they helped clean up some of the neighborhoods by fixing up these, you know, old abandoned uh condemned houses, even sometimes. And then we even cleaned up some condemned buildings in the city. So literally there was a Lions Club building in Anaheim, huge building. Um, I think it was three levels. So you had a basement and a main level and then an upper level and it was, used to be a huge bank or something back in the day. And then it became a lion's club or something else. And then eventually it became a home for the homeless and they had fenced it off, but they always find a way in. And, uh, did you go to Yuba?
2: Yes. And that's where we met.
3: That's right. and That's right. Now I remember, I was like, I had to, but you didn't go to Ron didn't go. No, did Ron didn't go. go. Okay. I was like trying to make sure I remember. We prayed for met. your back. Yes, I remember, remember yes. yes. And I still have the ginseng patch <laughs> that you gave me because I said, I'm only going to use it unless I really need it. And ever since you prayed for my back, I haven't had any really back issues.
2: That's just awesome. Crazy. I'm doling yeah. out those ginseng patches all over town.
3: Well, I I, I just cling <laughs> to the healing, man. Because That's right. And cool. it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that I don't have to use it. I actually, one of these days, I'll give it to somebody who needs it, kind of like you did.
2: Hey, maybe you could just use it in a situation. Say, well, here, I got these patches, but you know what? I could pray for you.
3: Well, there you go. That's good. (laughs) I like that too. But uh, can you use that on your knee?
2: I use them on my knees every day.
3: Okay. Because I just blew my knee out. And so I will use that ginseng patch on my knee. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Especially when I come home from dance.
3: Oh, okay. Because, yeah, yeah, I went, I was building the stage for my new podcast that I'm going to start doing. And I brought a young guy out here who had a lot of strength and a lot of energy. And I was trying to keep up with him as a 50,
4: you know, uh, 60 year old yeah. man.
3: <laughs> and yeah, at the end of the day, I started feeling tight. And the next day, I was limping. So, and I've been kind of limping ever since. But, uh, well, yeah, we'll I got pray bad for knees. that tonight. Yeah, too. thank you. Yeah, okay. but
2: that's good. <laughs> there you go.
4: <laughs> that's,
3: that's just a knee. But we'll just pray for that, to you know, get healed too. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So I was talking about set free and, yeah let me get back on track a little bit. The rehab was awesome. It did me good. I moved to the homes, um, did a lot of construction. We did street ministry. We went, I witnessed with the groups. Oh, and that Lions Club. That's what I was talking about. We went into that building. That's why I was asking if you went to Yuba, because the, that hotel where they, we showed the. Oh yeah. Marysville. uh, Yes. In Marysville. That's all decrepit and boarded up and everything. It's kind of like, if you picture that building that's kind of like what we went into and cleaned up oh yeah so we went into this building and the bottom floor was the bathroom for the homeless so wow. if you could just imagine your whole bottom floor which was tile floor <sighs> was nothing but their pooping area uh, and we came uh, in with masks like just a a bandana over your face and trash cans on wheels and flat shovels and an army of us probably 120 of us went in there and cleaned that place out
4: from
3: bottom to top so we had to do the bottom last but we went started the top and there's poop everywhere it was horrible and there's signs of demonic activity you know like satan santa activities was definitely going on in there blood and fires and pictures of demons on the walls and you know all kinds of and uh yeah not not a place yeah. that good stuff's happening and needles all over the place and so that just tells you like that's the kind of ministry Sephri is they're down getting your hands dirty and in it type ministry and um i was blessed to be a part of that that taught me a lot about <laughs> you know really outreach um and deliverance because a lot of those people on the streets there possessed or drug addicted or you know I thought I had it I thought I was bad off <laughs> like, you yeah. started seeing some of these people on the streets there was one guy and we would think oh this guy's got and I even met demon possessed people like I never experienced a demon possessed person before I went there but I think when I went there I, I did I did experience that in the homeless there was an old guy he was 78 years old and he would carry this bag around and he was all wiry, a strong old man, mm-hmm. amazingly strong for 80 something years old. And we, he's carrying this bag, right? Oh, everywhere he went, he would carry this bag and his bag looks really heavy. And one day we talked to him when we were witnessing to him and you could tell by like, you know, the spirit led voices and all this stuff happening with this man, Yeah, it was like, whoa, I, I've never, I've heard of this kind of stuff, but I think I'm experiencing it now for the first time, you know? Yeah. And so we said, what's in your bag? And he opened up his bag, and you know what was in that bag? Shot puts. Do you know what a shot put is? Yeah. Those big weighted balls? Yeah. That thing was full of them. I couldn't even lift it. And I'm a young man, and this guy's like 80-something, carrying it around every day. Why? So it's his uh, burden, is what he said. Really? Yeah. He said it's something like that. He's carrying his burden.
2: Wow,
3: and it's heavy. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, dude, you God give you another one? You know, his life. Yeah, yeah.
2: Matthew 10.
3: Yeah. So he was like, no, my higher power tells me to stay the heck away from you. Oh. <laughs> that's what he told us. And his we went, higher oh. power. <laughs> yeah and that's when he started speaking in all this weird voices and stuff and uh so anyway like that kind of stuff was like wow you know i didn't expect to see that kind of stuff you know <laughs> i thought i was just gonna go witness to homeless and they would just be homeless you know and yeah that was an interesting experience so I, I started realizing oh man this spiritual war goes deeper you know and even though i saw the exorcist and knew that was based on true i was like yeah whatever it's movies you know yeah <laughs> i've never seen anything real and That was kind of real. (laughs) You know, those guys. And when I saw that guy carrying that weight, I'm like, how is he getting the superhuman strength? Because I could barely carry that thing. And that guy's carrying around all day. Every day we saw him, he had that bag. And it was the same bag every day. And we didn't, we thought it was his supplies. You know, we thought it was his personal belongings. There was no useful thing in there. Just shot puts. Just shot puts. Yeah. So I I was blown away by that. And then I thought, well, if we're seeing one guy here then how many more of these people are out here on the street like this you know that
4: yeah
3: that could really use deliverance in Jesus and so i knew then that i got to make my Christian walk stronger and we more real you know like i, I got to get a find a way to get the you know more into this so and then doing high school uh i i did make a make reded, reded, a rededication okay but that rededication didn't last right it was after high school that i ended up in rehab because i fell back yeah. you know into my drug yeah. use again not speed though i was well yeah i did i fell back into everything <laughs> i gotta be honest I, I just didn't get as deep i guess you know what i mean but i fell in enough to know i'm, I'm okay it's time to get straight you know like yeah. real this time Yeah. and uh and I was been going to Christian camps when I was saved, and I had great Christian buddies around me and I was on now that was on fire that was walking with Jesus every day, awesome, like it was awesome, empowered, you know, like scenes you know stuff happened, people healed, all that kind of stuff, and it was beautiful experience, and God gave me a huge experience, I think again, you know what I mean, like gave me this memorable thing that I'll never forget this hey, dude, remember. When you were a kid i gave you something really strong i'm gonna give you something again you know like that like you'll always remember me by and it was powerful it was awesome but i still ended up slipping back when i turned 21 and i could drink it was like oh i'm gonna experience this freedom yeah you know? <laughs> even though i used to drink when i was not 21 <laughs> we would find ways to get alcohol you know <laughs> um you know sit in front of the liquor store until somebody buy it for you is what we would do but uh, called pimp and beer but uh, yeah. So the young adulthood was rough. Yeah, I had a little rough getting my commitment right. You know what I mean? Like getting my 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 purpose and my my commitment right. Yeah, I, I was committed for a while, but it wasn't. I was never like that last long, long lasting. Always seemed to fall back into the world and girls and everything would sidetrack me and rock and roll and partying or whatever. You know. I was easily sidetracked uh, and then after that rehab, I thought, okay, I'm going to take different steps, you know, <laughs> go forward a little bit differently than I did. I'm going to start setting myself up for places that are going to keep me here, you know, and join church and get settled in or something. But what I ended up doing is I didn't join a church. There's a place up in these mountains where I live. It's a Christian camp called forest home. And I knew it was there and they were hiring. And I remember I was looking for a job and I thought, I want to work there. I want to be surrounded by Christians. I want to be, I want to be, you know, as dialed into what group is doing the right thing as I can. I want to get, you know, more of God as much as I can. And that seemed to fit, you know, what I was wanting, what my heart's desire was. So I went up there, I got a job for a summer just as a summer staffer. and then. Uh, I applied for full time after that summer was over and I was up there for three years working for that camp and eventually got my own cabin up there and stuff. And and that was really cool. And then I met my first wife there. Um, she came as a camper from out of the state and she was a beautiful young girl and we hit it off. And we both were wanting to get married. We both were wanting to get, you know, independent, all that on our own kind of stuff. And so she was going to school in Petaluma, which is Northern California. And she was a missionary's kid. She had been to boarding schools in Europe most of her life, while her parents were missionaries in China. Um, so she didn't really grow up with her parents, which is kind of I don't agree with that part of the missionary i think if you're getting called you called your family and you everybody you know but a lot of the missionaries sent their kids to boarding schools and this was one and then so when we were going to get married uh her and i were going to move to the beach and i remember her calling her dad and her mom saying hey i met this guy and we're getting married and we're gonna move to long beach and her parents were like oh really <laughs> And they lived in Texas. So they had just moved from Europe or from China back to Texas, where their main headquarters were for their missionary um, program. And they were thinking, well, you're going to be finished with school this semester. We were just hoping you're going to come back to Texas and live with us for a while because you've been living at boarding schools all your life. And we kind of now it's time to come home, you know. (laughs) And. If you really want to marry this boy, we want to meet him and. You know if he loves you then he'll follow you right yes you know? <laughs> and so she did she she wanted she wanted she thought it was important to be you know faithful to her parents and obey her parents still you know and i i thought okay i can dig that because I, I you know they don't know me from joe yeah let's go move out there for a couple of years and let's make let's build a plan if you really want to move to long beach we'll move back you know and we'll stay there whatever we want you know let's just do it you know so we went out there and that was a mistake i was young and rushed into things and Even turn we'll we'll admit it later. You know, Uh, we kind of rushed into that. We shouldn't have done that. And then about two years, we were separated. (laughs) And so I stayed in Texas after that. I did try to reconcile that that relationship. Um, Because the thing that really did break it was that I went out and smoked some weed, and she thought that was all part of my past. And you know, I wasn't ever going to do that again. And I thought so too. But I got tempted i fell you know yeah and uh and i thought hey it's, it's all right i'll brush myself pick myself back up yeah but for her it was a trust issue and she didn't have any drug experience she she thought all things were so like marijuana might as well be lsd or cocaine or you know fentanyl it doesn't matter they're all the same and to me it was like marijuana is mild because <laughs> you know i've been done in the past you know i'm like and you know it actually helped with my add and stuff i was like sometimes it's right what the doctor ordered i was trying to expect it i'm like i'm like ah and she just and then i had a pipe that i was smoking it out of and i made it out of tin foil just to have something to smoke it out and so she found my pipe that's how i got caught is and i wasn't hiding it for long she got caught the day that i got it like the day that i got stoned she caught me like it was, God was not letting me hide nothing. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, you're going to get exposed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're not going to hide nothing from this woman. You're married. It's <laughs> not going to get to, you know, I'm not going to let you. So yeah. he didn't allow me to. I got caught. She caught it in my truck. And uh, since it was made out of tinfoil, she went to, she was a paralegal. She went to her people at her work and asked them, hey, what do people smoke out of tinfoil? And they all told her cocaine. Okay. So uh. now she thinks I'm a coke addict. And it took me like a year to convince her that I wasn't, you know, <laughs> not even that long because we didn't last that long afterward. because my trust and her trust in me had been destroyed at that point. It was, I could never get it back. And then no matter what I said or what I did, she just couldn't believe it. You know, so she thought I can't trust you anymore. And so then when it came to be Thanksgiving. I remember I said, well, I think we're going to take separate vacations and figure out how this is going to go down because doesn't look like we're going to last. And she agreed. And so we did. I went to my parents' house for Thanksgiving. She went to her parents' house for Thanksgiving. And then when we came back by Christmas, we were separated. Oh. So, um, and then I stayed there. I tried to reconcile that for a while because I thought it was my godly duty. and thought that I, Hey, I meant what I said. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to back out. And I think that, you know, we can make this work. You know, I believe that God could heal it. But it wasn't going to happen. So I stayed there as long as I thought I could. And then eventually I left and came back to, te- to California. And I had my company out there, Dew Sprinklers. <laughs> it was called Dew Irrigation out there. Because nice. in Texas, you have what's called an irrigator license uh, that is specific for sprinkler systems. Uh, and then the landscapers would have a landscape license specific for landscape. And then we would work together. Or some guys would have both licenses if they were going to do both in california it's a combined license you you get your landscaper's license you're automatic you can't do irrigation well not supposed to unless you have a landscape license but it's a joke here in california they don't even teach you about irrigation you don't have to even know anything to pass the test it's kind of stupid that's on another note but anyway i started my business out there it's a really good business and texas is a great place to have a business and i don't know if anybody lives in texas but i miss my days in texas I was much more profitable and my money went a lot further than it does here in california (laughs) and yeah and i like the conservative uh bible belt kind of mentality that texas you know kind of has there's you know i like some of the stuff i got taught like they used to make fun of me a lot oh you're from that left coast you know and stuff like that and i would be like what do you mean left coast i didn't understand what they meant like, (laughs) like, like i mean the left side of the us yes (laughs) <laughs> i used to like, say
2: to people like the weather's coming in from the
3: left yeah yeah but uh yeah they used to tell me stuff you know like hey you guys you guys put up with a lot of crap out there and i didn't realize how much california did i would live there i just thought it was normal you know what i mean so once you live in another state and you realize those people don't like what you got going on there you're oh there's differences you know that all of a sudden i saw the difference and but i still wanted to go back to california because I didn't know anybody in Texas. <laughs> I knew very few people. And and I love the mountains. I love the beach. I love the desert. I love being in California, having the opportunity to be a half hour away from all three of those things, you see. Yeah. And in Texas, I, I, the best I could do is to go to Lake Dallas and jet ski, you know, and if you want to go to the coast, it's not so pretty on those coasts down. There. <laughs> uh, I remember we went to the coast down there and it was nothing but trash blowing up from mexico it seemed like all all oh. along the whole shore i went to what was that place called it's a padre island and it's where all the kids go for spring break you know yeah and you, we rented a four by because you could rent you could drive all down this beach right on um, with the four by you could drive all the way down the coast on the beach with your truck and I saw oh, that sounds cruel. Cool. so we ran a four by and the whole way it looked like somebody had bulldozed trash up on the beach you know because it just keeps washing up and it comes from the gulf of mexico because for years mexico had no laws about dumping into the ocean so all that kind of stuff just keeps cycling back up onto our shores on our gulf of mexico coast so i was kind of like oh man you know after the divorce and everything i'm like i need to go back to california even though it's going to cost me more and now i'm realizing how woke it is <laughs> even though we didn't use that word back then i was realizing how liberal it was you know and how like okay no i do share some of this conservative thinking with these rednecks because <laughs> i used to call them rednecks when i first came out because i was like you guys got hillbilly redneck mentality like my dad you know because my dad's from kentucky and you know and i always always make fun of that because i was i was so westernized by california i thought you know you guys you rednecks you know i used to make fun of them because they were calling me left coast so i figured i'll, I'll hit you back with redneck you know
5: <laughs>
3: but now i figure out I'm more redneck than any of these guys man I'm like I am so redneck it ain't even funny <laughs> Oh we
0: lost Mary I said she's got to go let that dog out she's dog. Oh i see saw. I thought she dropped out
3: Okay good I'm glad we didn't have a yeah, She
0: she'll be back no worries
3: But uh I moved back to California just I don't know con- uh determined I think to to get what I didn't have like you know what I mean like I felt like I'd missed out on life. I feel a little bit mad at God because things were hard, you know, during that divorce. That was hard. I went through like very hard depression. Uh, Marriage, it can ruin you, (laughs) or divorce, I say. Uh, Marriage is a beautiful thing. I I remarried my wife now, it's awesome. But uh, divorce can really screw you up. And I got super depressed, uh, almost suicidal, but not to that point but i did get depressed and i did get angry at god i remember i felt hurt at god that it had been so hard you know that god didn't find a, a way to avoid that or you know like gee god i had i thought that he cared for me you know i was like i thought you loved me man
0: <laughs> i know how that feeling and is it, it's like yeah you really have like, to go dude, on me so hard you could have just you know it <laughs> didn't have made that hard
3: yeah so but sometimes I, I you need a good kinda, knock you know oh boy, I did, I did need that good knock and I needed a shaking up. but I didn't like it. I was kind of bitter with God. I had a lot of wrestling moments with God after that, a lot of wrestling prayers, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it took me a while to kind of get my sights again. And then I moved to a, and I had a relationship that was toxic after that and in, in California, and I got out of that and I moved in with an old buddy of mine. And then we did a a band called the Muppet Nod, me and him. Cause that was a guy that taught me guitar. He was Muppet older Muppet Nod. <laughs> yeah. And because one day we were in the studio, all three of us and we ended the song and we all, it, it was a great take. You know, it was awesome. Everybody was grooving. And at the end we look at each other and we're all like this nodding our heads yeah that was good yeah and you know at the end of the muppet show where all the band the muppet band and they finish their song and they're all kind of like yeah that was good you know and i go man you should see us i go we look like a bunch of muppets nodding our heads like the muppet nod you know and we just had a a good laugh about that because it was like yeah we did look funny because we were like yeah this was awesome and that's uh so I said, that's the name of our band. We're gonna call ourselves the Muppet Nod, and that's what we ended up calling ourselves. <laughs> so, but did it, you have animal
2: on fight. the drums?
3: <laughs> no, no. We that was another band where we didn't have a bass player. We didn't have a drummer. It was a, a flute player and two guitar players. Oh, okay. and so I played drums on some songs, and I played bass on some songs, and my guitar player friend he played drums on some songs and played bass on some songs, and he sang a couple songs, and I sang most of the other ones. And then the flute player guy he could play keyboards, so he did keyboards and flute it kind of came out like a jethro toll kind of yeah i was stuff. just
2: gonna say that yep yeah,
3: um my my friend who produced it was crazy about the flute and i uh, in my opinion there was way too much flute but whatever i didn't i didn't produce it it's his fault <laughs> so, but now we look back at it and we'd like to do something else again so i am recording with him again and he's an ocean side, so it's hard to get to record with him very often but i did get some tracks on some of those songs i mentioned uh binding the strongman and a couple other ones that are in the midst of getting done now so got the basic tracks down now i gotta go back out and finish it so i'll be doing that soon i'll i'll release that stuff and i'll let all the bards family and the kilted family and all you guys know when i release that stuff um but that's kind of where i'm looking at now um i want to kind of there was some notes i'm going to look at my notes real fast yeah, um, I kind of went over that. That I did revisit drugs. Yeah, so, and that's what I put in my notes: uh, girls and drugs revisited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I had a little episode where, and then anger at God was kind of like after my divorce. I felt like, okay, now, yeah, I'm kind of rebellious, God. You know, I'm I'm really mad at you right now. I'm hurt that you know this was so hard. I'm just going to do what I want. And I kind of went, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to, and I know I can. And I was really cocky. And so I'm like, I want a, a little blonde girl from <laughs> California. And I'm going back to California. And I'm going to get the one I want. And I ain't listening to you. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I want. And I kind of went out there kind of with that kind of pissed off attitude of God, which was destructive. I've to say, it didn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get me anywhere uh i found the blonde girl and all that stuff and that was toxic relationship man i tell you it was horrible um uh, yeah she ended up pulling a knife on me and, was kind of, and i had to kick her out of the house yeah you know, it was a friend but we're still friends i stayed we had we uh we split up cordially or whatever it was civil at the end and but with my ex-wife when we split up it was not pretty I haven't spoken to her since that day, basically, the day, the oh, last wow. time I spoke to her. Yeah, it was very not like, you're, we're done, and it's over, and that's it. I don't want to speak to you ever again, and I never had. but how that's okay. Ago, how
2: long ago is that?
3: That was in 93. Oh, okay. Um,
2: All right.
3: It's been a while. I'm over okay. it now, <laughs> and I got an awesome wife, yeah. so I got I got a second chance, and that I got to tell you about. Okay, so that's the story that I have. I'm going to get on now, is because I'm almost moving to what it looks like now, kind of getting there. So I ended that relationship with that toxic relationship with that girl. Um, and it was toxic for more reasons than just she was messed up. I was messed up. Like I said, like, right, you guys get it. I'm all mad at God. I'm just doing what I want. So you know, that's not good. You're just, you're going to have bad consequences anytime you take that attitude. Um, so after all that, I, I moved in with my friend and, really got into music and started writing songs again and some of the songs were about the relationship some of the songs were about my frustration with god and you know i was kind of airing all that stuff out reflecting on that time and starting to go okay i got to make this right with god again (laughs) i'm all messed up again i keep having to to kind of crawl back to god and say fix me dude you know and he did every time he never hold against you never you know I mean, you're gonna inherit the consequences, dude. I can't stop some of that, you know, but maybe I will some of it, maybe I can, you know, but uh he didn't get rid of all that, of you know, like some of that stuff I still battle with, but uh, yeah, he gave me some great great uh inspiration, uh good reflective time, living with my buddy, and he wasn't a Christian, but I was able to share with him that whole experience, and you know indirectly witness to him through it, you know? So I, I don't know where he takes that stuff, you know? I don't know what he does with that information. I pray that it goes somewhere in his heart and that, you know, that maybe God can work on that. But he so he's seen me go through a lot of transition and he was like, wow, dude, I really have watched you do this and and you you even told me this is what you were going to do and then you did it, you know? I'm, I'm impressed, you know? Like he, he came back and he was like, I like that. You said you were going to do it and you did it, you know? And so I met my new wife at that time she was living in holland and we grew up in high school together she was my dream girl in high school she was a girl that i could never talk to she was a girl that i couldn't even approach because i thought she's gonna think i'm stupid and i was so i didn't have i couldn't even talk to her i would just go up and hug her i'd say oh Rhonda, you're so gorgeous and beautiful i love you and i would probably just scared her off (laughs) because i would always feel like a Oh, she felt like, I'm just like an idiot. I just look like an idiot. She thinks I'm an idiot. And I never had, <laughs> I don't know, the, the confidence to really pursue her, you know, but she was the one. I always knew it. And I haven't had a dream that I had married her. And in my dream, I wake up, she's next to me in bed. We get up we and we're walking through the house and I have kids with her. And that was in high school. <laughs> I had that dream. so um i remember i had that dream and i woke up and i woke up and i went i'm in love with rhonda george <laughs> and i already knew i was but after that dream i went i'm in love with her and i'm gonna have kids with her i think that god's trying to tell me something you know and so i almost like tried to pursue her for a couple days after that but she kept giving me that same like what's wrong with you look and i was like okay i must be wrong the dream's not prophetic You know, I don't know what I'm talking about. She doesn't like me. And I would just give up. But then at the end of the year, the senior year, I remember I had my yearbook and I ran up to her and I said, Rhonda, sign my yearbook and I'm going to sign yours. So I grabbed hers and I remember I wrote, Rhonda, I love you. I want to marry you. I want to have kids with you. Wow. And yeah, I wrote that. And then I said, I couldn't remember. So then we, and this is years later, you know, that we cook up, right? Like years later, we're in our thirties, right? Um, I hear she's in town and she was living in Holland. And I always thought she's gone. I'll never see her again. She lives in Holland. This is my dream girl that I always thought I wanted to have, but I could never have because I didn't know how to talk to her. And now she's in Holland anyway. So I just kind of, but she would come out like I would from Texas on Christmas and visit her family. So sometimes when I was out for Christmas on from Texas seeing my family, I would hear that she was there and that I had just missed her when I would go over to see some friends because we all had common friends. We all grew up in the same Town. It's a small town. So we knew each other real well. We were friends and we had a lot of common friends. And so I would go see some of my friends when I came out and they would say, oh, you just missed Rhonda George. And I'd be like, what? You know, Don't <laughs> tell me that because I so would love to see her again. I always was in love with that girl, you know, and I would tell them the story and they're like, wow, man, she really had a pressure on you. And then, so I was telling my friend this one year that it happened. Actually, I was back here in California. I was living at my friend Muppet Nod guy, John's house.
2: <laughs> Muppet Nod guy.
3: Yeah. And he came over. He had moved to that. I was in Oceanside and he had moved to Vista, which is right next to Oceanside. And he came over to see me because he was so local and we both were from Ukaipa. And it's kind of weird for you guys both to live in the same town. So he came over and, you know, we hadn't seen each other since high school and we were talking. And another friend of mine that I played in that, uh, Darkness, etc. band. He was a guitar player. It was a big, huge Who fan. And my my wife, Rhonda, now, she and Kevin were the biggest Who fans of school. Okay. So they were known to be the freaks about the Who. Well, they went to the Who concert together with Dan, the guy that was at my house. And he says, Hey, we just went to the Who last night and I saw her. And I was telling him about how I in our senior year, I kissed her and ran. <laughs> uh because she was dating Pat Butler, a friend of mine who was bigger than mine. He was a pacifist, but I knew he was bigger than me and he could hurt me if he <laughs> could try. So I was like, I kissed her and she kissed me back. And I was kind of like, What happened there? You know, but I ran because I knew she was dating Pat. And then so that that kiss never left me. I love
0: this every story. Every kiss
3: after that, I had compared every kiss to that kiss after that. Even the one with my first wife. It didn't compare nothing compared to Rhonda's kiss. So <laughs> <laughs> I always had this soft spot for her anyway. And then when my friend told me that they went to the who last night and he goes, and by the way, she's in town and they're having a party for her. in her honor at this local bar in Yukaipa. like all of us high school, it's like a high school reunion. You know, he says, basically it's going to be a high school reunion. All these people are hearing that she's in town and she was very popular. So a lot of us, we're gonna we're gonna meet at this place called spitfire and i said really she's in town and she's gonna be there tomorrow night and oh I, boy I, I go, <laughs> okay i'm there i'm gonna be there you know like everything in my body and everything in my soul was pulling me like i've never been pulled before you know to say yeah, i'm going like i'm not gonna let her slip by another year in christmas time where i miss her you know by two seconds or whatever no, I'm going to see her, you know, and I want to know if she remembers that kiss.
2: (laughs) Did you sleep at all? Oh, no, no.
3: (laughs) I didn't sleep. And actually that night I had to go out with my company I was working for and we entertained a bunch of clients at this winery and I drank some of this red wine. I didn't over drink, but I drank some of this red wine and it just messed me all up. It made my stomach just go sour. I don't know what it was, but the next day I was sick. And I said, this is the day I'm supposed to go. You know, I'm like, (laughs) Oh, no. And I, I, but I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to make it because I'm sick, right? I'm thinking I'm not. But then everything in my, like I say, my body, my soul, everything was just so, oh, you're going, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) So I go, okay, I'm going to take a shower and see if I can snap out of this, you know. And I did. I took a shower and it was like, once I got out of that shower, there was no stopping me. And I jump in my truck, I drive to Yucaipa, I get out there and I even, cause I'm leaving late because I had waited so long to see if I'm gonna feel better. And then it's getting late and I'm thinking it's an hour and a half drive to get to Yucaipa. So I'm like, by the time I get out there, it's gonna be like 11, 10 30 o'clock. You know, so it's like, she might be gone. I'm oh, driving no. out there for nothing. So I call one of my friends that I knew was there. And I said, hey, are you near Rhonda George? Can you see her? Can you put her on the phone? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, she's standing right next to me. So he puts her on the phone. I say, hey, Rhonda, I go, this is Doug Wood. She's like, hi, Doug. And I go, I'm coming up there to see you. I go, I just wanna make sure you're gonna be there when I get there, cause I'm gonna take an hour and a half to get there. And I just wanna make sure you're gonna be there. Oh yeah, I should be here. I'm not gonna go anywhere, I'm gonna stay here late. Yeah, cause we're all having fun dancing and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll see you in but I get up there and in, the, in high school, Rhonda had short, she'd cut her hair all short. It was the 80s thing to do anyway. And she could pull it off. She was one of those girls that looked really good with short hair, you know. Just it would work, you know, kind of like a. And she even would go Shania O'Connor, like really sh- small, short. Um, and I, the last I had seen her was in high school, and she had this really short kind of Shania O'Connor, really butch cut, but she looked so cute, and it was just awesome. And so I kind of expected this short hair girl, but when I got there, this long hair girl was there that looked like her from behind. I'm like. Could that be her? <laughs> you know? Cause now she's like, well, yeah, she could grow her hair out, of course. And she turned around and it was like slow motion. Like, wow. you know, like it was her and she turned around and she saw me and she smiled and she opens up her arms and hugs me and says, hi, good to see you. It's been so long. It's
4: uh, awesome.
3: And I knew right then. I mean, I knew yeah. I would be with that woman for the rest of my life right then. And she says and that's her testimony as well she knew too as soon as she hugged me she says i'm with this man and uh, that's it she gave in like i don't know where this is going but i i could tell like she yeah she knew and she said she even saw a prophetic vision of our kids and everything wow god shared a lot more with her later but i got the whole thing in a dream when we were in high school yeah (laughs) so it was awesome. You got the uh, advanced copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got confirmation that God did pro- provide that as a prophetic. Yeah. You know, um, Cause it felt like it at the time. And I, you know, I thought I could act on it right then, but God was like, no, that's, and actually in my dream we're old, you know, like we were older. Yeah. <laughs> it was wow. about the age that we got married. Amazing. That is so perfect. But at any rate, so at that day we were, tied to the hip and then she was out for about two weeks we spent two weeks in san diego together having lots of fun just you know getting to know each other again and dating and all that courting, you know and it was beautiful and so then it came time for her to go back to holland you know because she's still living in holland and i and we had fallen in love and so she was like i don't want to go back and i'm like Well, stay <laughs> <laughs> she's like well i gotta go back you know kind of i got all my stuff there and you know i got i got a a job and can't just drop everything you know it's like okay well then what are we gonna do you know i'm not (laughs) gonna have a long-distance relationship with you in holland you know like no that ain't gonna happen and i said but you know i'm at the point now where and i never thought after my divorce that i would even i wasn't even considering another relationship it was the last thing i wanted after that um that blonde girl <laughs> I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get this blonde girl that i thought it was gonna be the answer to cure all my problems you know and all this stuff and it just didn't work you know but uh i just and i at that point i was really the last thing i thought was going to be a relationship you know i i really wasn't looking to have one but when Rhonda george's name came into the picture then all of a sudden i went maybe You know started thinking maybe i could and then once i met her and we were hanging out for that two weeks i was like oh yeah i'm in love i'm I'm, i want a a relationship with this lady so we did we talked about it and she says you know i'm ready to move back actually because i've been in holland since we were she went to holland when we were high school Uh, right after we graduated her and a girlfriend went on the whole euro rail thing and Mm -hmm. and they had met some people from holland in the states and then they went and visited those people while they were there and then while they were there that family asked my wife to be a nanny or an au pair and said we're going to go on vacation or a holiday to greece and italy and we need somebody to watch our kids while we're doing it and if you'd like to sign up for a year with us you can live with us and we'll pay you and your expenses and we'll get you the work card and you can have residency mm-hmm. and all that stuff and she was like yeah Cause she was wanting to get out of her house too, cause her house was kind of messed up. But uh, yeah. So she had lived in Europe all that time, and so she was kind of like, I kind of want to come back to the states, and this is a good excuse, you know, kind of thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
3: I said, well, good, because I don't want to move to Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could get a job out there. You know, there's not much landscaping. It's, you know, it's hard to jobs. You could be a farmer, but
0: it's hard to punk rock in wooden shoes. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always tulips it's crazy the guys that are the masons out there that that build the brick walls they wear the wooden shoes i was like amazed. they all wore wooden shoes yeah because the bricks don't hurt your food if you drop a brick on a wooden shoe there's nothing gonna hurt you Uh, but i thought that was got to be the most uncomfortable thing but they all are that's the way they still Mm. do it yeah so the masons still wear wooden shoes and some people do like some of the construction guys still wear wooden shoes so I thought that was funny, but most people don't wear wooden shoes. In Holland. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly like what we were, you know, the kind of shoes yeah. in there, so. but anyway, so when we, uh, I, I pulled her out here from Holland and then we moved up to Yukaipa and yeah. And then we started going to church and I dedicated my kids, baptized them into, you know, going to church even though I hope they do their own baptism, like I did, because when I rededicated my life in uh, high school, I went and got baptized on my own and wasn't a sprinkle baptism as a baby, but it's something I decided as a confession before my fellow man kind of thing. So um, I hope that my kids get to that point, but I did baptize both um, as a dedication that I am going to teach them God and I'm going to bring him to church and you know, that kind of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. so we started that church in, um, uh, I'm going to say that was 15, oh uh, no, jeez, 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. have been married 20 years. Um, uh, so yeah, 20 years ago, we moved back up here, We went to that church and that was kind of like my beginning getting back into a walk again, you know, like a regular and as a family, you know, it was different. Uh-huh. So now I'm the spiritual leader. I have a whole different look at it. You know, I'm like. So like, okay, now I want to be responsible I want to do my part. Yeah. And I haven't always, I, I got to say, I, I, I want to, but I haven't always done what I want to do as far as that goes, but I'm not going to quit trying I, that. You know, this is what I'm saying. If you take anything else away from me, keep trying and just keep going for God because God, his provisions are like no other, you know, it's not like your boss or anybody else or your renter or your landlord or, or your bank. Nobody else can provide like God. God could always provide no matter what. And it, it might not always look like the way you want it to look. It's going to be exactly what you need or it's going to be the best thing for you. Right. Cause God doesn't do things to hurt you. You know, uh, he's doing things to encourage you, lift you up, bring you up, make you, make you whole again. And if you're seeking that stuff, he's going to provide. So that's where I was seeking. And I was really trying. Um, and I had an anger problem that, um, I was battling with and it hadn't really reared its ugly head to my wife yet you know she hadn't seen the worst of it but i had no reason to be angry i was so happy to be married to her and everything was really going great you know and uh as soon as things got tough again I, my anger started raising up and i started getting mad at god that, that kind of anger at god came back you know and i started ang- arguing with god again and wrestling with god again because uh what happened was that my the church we were going to was problematic church and i was on session and i played praise and worship in the early service so i went right into leadership which i probably wasn't ready for um but i think god thrust you into those kind of positions sometimes to, and you know it's like boot camp you know <laughs> it's like yes. dude get ready now it's good Go. to be challenged and you i'll help you yeah at just one step at a time with me you'll be fine and just stick to me. You'll be fine. You know? Yeah. And this is your problem. You don't always stick with me. And so that was a, man, I'll tell you that i have never been to a church and been on the board set on a session board or anything like that. I've been worship leader for a few churches already set free. And, uh, when I was in Texas, uh, did during my divorce, I was uh playing with the Calvary chapel out there. So church has always been a good place for me to get healing and go get encouragement. Go get reflection time to get back right. You know, I've always known where to go, you know, to get my healing and to get my encouragement and get, you know, get that word back in me, you know. Yeah. Cause yeah, Bible verse that comes up in my head is uh, Ephesians
0: 6, 4, train up a child in the way he should go. And yes. even when he's old, he so, will not depart from it. And that's something that I experienced amen. in my life. And I, I see it in yours, too. You know, it's yeah. it's always in us. It'll never leave us and uh the smart ones we come back to it
3: yeah and i thank god for my parents that instilled that in me young you know because my mom for a while there's every night she was reading the bible to me at night Mm -hmm. and i remember when she died that was one of the things i brought up was that i'm so glad that she did you know and i actually before she died she was non-responsive she had like a i don't know what you call it dementia. um and she wasn't speaking much, but I would go and tell her, mom, thank you so much for what you did. You were a great mom. You were, you did good stuff. You taught me the Bible. That stuff is written in my heart now, and it's not leaving. You did good stuff for your son. Thank you. You know, and if it wasn't for you doing that, I don't know where I'd be, you know, I really don't because there was so too many times where I was so lost on drugs. I could have easily died, OD'd, you know, driving in the back of, Trucks with drunk driving people, you know could <laughs> got killed, we could have crashed, God just protected me, man, you know, always knew that God's protective hand was on me, and even when I was out p- partying, I always felt that my mom was praying for me, you know, could feel it and yeah. you know get yeah. the conviction even uh of that, oh man, my mom knows I'm up to no good, and she's at home on her knees, man, <laughs> you know, and I'd be going, God, oh, I'm ashamed, you know. Forgive me, you know. Then I go back and do it the same the next day. I had a hard time keeping consistent. I'll tell you, I still do. Um, but I made that full on commitment now where I think I'm not going to ever turn back that trying attitude where I'm not going to give up. You know, I'm not. I'm, I've had given up too many times. I've seen how it devastates me and the people around me. And I, my anger started to really become a problem. When that church was such a problem you know uh i would come home and my wife and i just dump all that on my wife because i you're not it's hard to talk to anybody about this it's kind of all private stuff that you're talking about a lot of it in yeah. church and then i would come home and i just dump on her and just enraged of you know what's going on how far the church has fallen and how screwed up these churches are i couldn't believe it you know I'm like i didn't ever know how bad it was you know until i was a part of this session and all these arguments go on behind the scenes and all this governmental crap you know i didn't i didn't agree with it and then my pastor he committed he tried to commit suicide my pastor was very suicidal and I, we didn't know and he tried to commit suicide he took a bunch of sleeping pills or something and then uh and i liked my pastor i was I like I was I was admiring that pastor because he wanted to take that Presbyterian church in directions that it needed to go. You know, he wanted to kind of get out of this sleepy church, you know, few sitting mentality. And he was wanting to get, you know, a, a new service. And he was that's why I was coming in to kind of get more contemporary service to because all those guys that are old Presbyterians, they were just like, Oh, we want more of our own. We want more Presbyterians. And we would say in session, like, Good luck, man. <laughs> there's no presbyterians out here breaking in your door wanting to join dude you know uh, that reformation is all kind of going away and and a lot of these churches are changing their names because they can't you know get those members like they used to um uh, so you'd be better off just preaching jesus you know and not calling yourself anything i don't know you know but at any rate we tried that and there was a, and there's always an uh, you know an opposition from the, the late service where they feel like they're getting left out because the early service is getting all this attention. Well, because we're trying to move, you know, build an outreach, you know. Yeah. So there's and it's not something you guys have done for a while, so it needs attention, you know. And it's always like some kind of inner conflict of the church where somebody feels left out, you know. And I always like, Can't people just get over this stuff? You know, <laughs> I would get so frustrated. And then when that pastor did that, the psychologist gave us a order that we couldn't talk to him. The session. And I said, no, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you bring him in here and you lay hands on him. And we pray for him. We encourage him. We round up around him. You know, we build up around him. You can't just send that guy in his home and and outcast him, you know. And then we brought in the session, which is the uh, or the. uh, Oh, I can't remember what they call it, but they there's a governing society of the Presbyterian church. And they uh am I on that time? We're we're getting there. Okay. That's why I was like, okay, I'm gonna end it up right now. Okay. Because I'm at the end anyway. Right. But anyway, uh after that church experience, it was just I had to find a new place, you know, a new and then COVID, all that stuff happened where the churches were just looking sad, right? And I didn't have a church that I felt like I could find. But God led me to a church and a pastor that's awesome. And now I have a really good church home. And I'm blessed to have my And that's just a whole other miracle story that I have told on my podcast.
0: Yeah, praise so God. It makes like all the difference. Good. I love a good church. I know, it's, it's horrible when you can't find a good church and you're, you're in between churches. And, and it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. man, I, I, I never like being in that position. I always like having a nice home. Yes I yeah. and I,
3: I, I, yeah, that's tough. I felt the need to go back to church because I felt like I had, yeah, what does the Bible say don't uh don't forsake don't the gathering, yeah, don't forsake the the communion of believers in yep and the, yeah, communing with each other, gathering- together believers, yep, yes, and I felt like I had forsaken the fellowship a little bit, and I wanted my kids to grow up knowing what church was, and so and I and they don't listen to me, maybe they'll listen to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That you that know, happens a
3: lot. Yeah. So yeah. And but now it's hard to even get them to go to church. So they're old enough to where I, I'm not going to bug them and force them. You know what I mean? There was times when my parents used to force me. Pray for them. And I used to resent that. So I don't force my kids to go. I pray for them to go. I pray for them hearts to move, and, and they go with me sometimes. There you go. And even my wife sometimes doesn't go. But I know what my commitment is, and I'm moving on. I don't. I know. You know it's not depending on somebody else anymore, you know, or it's right. not depending on me feeling good or not depending on what kind of girlfriend I have. You know what I mean? Thank God. Cause I got a wife that I, I don't plan on changing. <laughs> I don't plan on getting a divorce. I don't plan on any of this stuff. I think God's, you know, and my wife's awesomely loyal. And you know what I mean? Like I just got, I got blessed, you know, by a awesome, caring, beautiful woman. So, and I, I, I couldn't ask for more. You know, actually, my kids are beautiful. They're they're awesome kids. My kid doesn't do all the stupid stuff that I used to do—drugs and crap—and he's he's had his fallings. He drank and stuff, and he's tried weed, and you know. But thank God, that's not his thing. You know what I mean? He kind of tried it, and he's like I don't like it. I'm like, thank God you don't like it. I don't want you to like it. When that's I was right. a kid, I liked it way too much. Yeah, and I would How try to go way out there. My kid, my boy's 19 and my girl's 15. Okay. Or sorry. Yeah. Seven. Oh, 15. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be 15 here. Oh quick. my
1: goodness.
3: Yeah. Can't believe it. Yeah. They get so old so fast. It's, it's insane. And my, my son, he's still living with us. Cause I told him, you can stay here as long as you want. You know, he's like, he's taking a little while to get serious. He's kind of floating around.
4: That's okay. But he
3: works for me part time. And I've. Gave him an opportunity for a full time job, but he's still—he don't like working for Dad. him God's time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep telling him you could have the business, you could have it all, you can inherit this. You know, you could have this and it would be worth something. You know, you could build it as big as you want. I'm not that big, but you can take <laughs> it and go bigger. You know, I pray he will. And but in the meantime, I think he does need to get a job so he knows how to work for me because he never worked for somebody else before. Yeah. So. Sometimes you kind of got to work for somebody else before you can work for anybody, you know, to know what's expected yes. as an employee and how to look yeah. out for your employer's best interest, kind of thing. It's, stay on them. Sometimes man. it's easy to just slough off on your dad, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, stay on him, Dad. <laughs> Don't let him off easy. Stay on him.
3: Oh no, he's he's getting right. He's gonna get it. Yeah, I'm pretty hard. That's what I say. <laughs> I ride to my kids pretty hard. You gotta be.
0: That's our job.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and
3: uh, I can be. I can be a little bit over the top too because of my anger so the, i gotta keep it in check the tougher i don't want to hate
0: the yeah. tougher we are on these kids now the easier life will be for them when they're
3: older that's my philosophy yeah yeah that's true yeah so i don't know i just would say keep on pressing into god even if you feel like you got a, only a little bit to give because god makes a little bit go a long way bro you know it's like um when we went to the housing crunch you know back in the when the recession really hit, um, that was 2009, I guess, 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost my job. And at that point, my wife was at home. I could have her as a stay at home mom. And then I lost my job and it was like, I got laid off. My whole company got laid off. My boss got laid off. I was working for a home builder and I was just moonlighting my irrigation business. And man, my anger really blew up at that point because I lost everything. I didn't have any income. We could barely survive. It was the hardest thing I'd ever went through as far as, and I had a family to provide for and I was super angry. My wife almost left me at that point because my anger got so bad that I was just unbearable to live with. And that took me a lot of just praying continuously hard on my knees by myself with God day after day to get that to finally go. And then I read a book that really helped me um, by Larry Huck. I don't know if you ever heard of Larry Huck, Larry Huke, He has a book called free at last. And this guy beat his wife. And as a pastor beat his wife. So he had a growing church, huge congregation. Meanwhile, he's still beating his wife at home. Had a huge anger problem. So I can relate to the anger problem. I can't relate to beating your wife, but the anger part, I totally related to, and he had a, a, a history of drug use too like me so that i could relate to this guy a lot of ways but he had a book that really showed his testimony how god healed him of his anger problem and after reading that book i started praying into that stuff that you know was guided in the book and really clinging on to some of those things that he had used promises of god that he had kind of clung to and i went to those too and i'll tell you what man um god removed that anger uh, for the most part, I only have these little points where I I raise up and then I, okay, get it back down. You know? Yeah. And I don't let it get out of control anymore. It doesn't go unbridled anymore. Yeah. still have my episodes, though. I still raise that. I still get to that level sometimes. Not very often, but, and when I do, I got it in check. So, yeah. but I used to be unbridled. I would just be so depressed and so mad at God and so mad at myself. For my condition, and that I was not able to feel, you know, provide for my family. I felt so ashamed, and, and I didn't know how to express it, but anger, you know. Wow. And I think that's part of it. Men, when we don't understand stuff, all we do is we get mad. <laughs> we don't know how to figure stuff out sometimes. We just get angry. And if you let that just go, you'll never understand. You'll just keep getting angry. Yeah. you know because anger is a result of not understanding so if you're angry you should start asking yourself what don't i understand what does god want me to understand what do i need to understand so i'm not angry. and once i got that into my head now that's how i bring it down i'm like okay i'm only angry because there's something i don't understand or something that i don't approve of because i don't understand you know what i mean or whatever so god give me the understanding and even to if it that. doesn't come right away just by me asking it lowers me down you know it brings me down that that level where i can okay i can get past this yes (laughs) yeah so um anger is still one of those things that gets someone that's all right that's part of that sanctification
0: we'll work on that all the way through our last day sometimes some of these things you know we just keep praying and keep working on them one last takeaway one of the things i really enjoyed about your testimony is you know, we, we kind of had some. You had some backsliding from time to time, and 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 one of the beautiful things is that, you know, we can all find comfort and 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 confidence that even though sometimes we change and we go through these changes in our life and we kind of walk away from God at times, that you know, his his love for us never changes. He will Amen. always be there for us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what our moves is. Yeah, he is not like us. We are made in His image, but. He is always there for us. He'll, his love will never change and he will never depart from us. So find let's all find comfort and confidence in that as we've seen in and do testimony. Thank you so much for your testimony, Do. God bless you, brother.
3: Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you, Ron, and thank you for the opportunity. Um if it can encourages anybody, I'd be blessed to know. Um it's awesome to know that you know people can believe by the uh, hearing, right? And hearing the word of God and it is all by the word of God that any of this stuff happened to me. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, if it wasn't for God and his promises, you know, and I would be, you know, like I say, I'd wrestle with God and then I'd feel so guilty afterwards. I thought there's no way God could accept me. I'd just cussed him out. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way God's going to take me back. You know, I just told him what for. And and then I would think about it and I'd think, no, he'll, he'll take me back. So then I would go back and pray and say, God, forgive me. And the duty it was, it would be given like a feeling of, yeah, I forgive you. You know, like it would
0: be soothing Unc- my heart. Unconditional love and forgiveness.
3: Yeah. I felt the embrace of God every time uh, when I asked for forgiveness. Even I don't know, i said terrible things to God before. And I thought, I'm going to hell because of it, you know. Well, I. But thank God I did.
2: I, I have to say, you twice now, today, you've given me a word.
3: Oh, yeah? Oh, good. That's and- awesome
2: earlier today um there's so many notes that i took that i, I oh wanna, the one i texted I wanna... you
3: the friday blessings yes yes that one touched me today my 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 pastor sent me that this morning
2: and i got sh- the
3: blessing out of it so i knew it had to be passed on to somebody i'm going to share <laughs> this
2: it, it was that verse and then also i mean i t- i took a ton of notes of things that i could just comment on but i just wanted to make sure to tell you this that you You had a word for me twice today and the first one was that scripture and it was jeremiah 32 27 and it says behold i am the lord the god of all flesh is anything too hard for me and then when you just spoke about being angry and asking because you what don't I understand? Because I'll tell you what, I gave the God the what for last night on my way somewhere. Yeah. I had a, something that happened to me after work. Mm. And as Jim Conley likes to say, I said a lot of un Jesus words all the way yeah. up to the ranch. <laughs> and, I've been there. Uh, just really angry. And it really, when you think about it, just now what you said about, I'm angry because I don't understand it.
3: So. Yeah, a lot of it. Somebody told me that that. when I went through my divorce, I was really angry. And he says, most anger is stemmed from misunderstanding. And at that point, that was exactly what I was going through. I would, I did not understand my divorce. I didn't I didn't think it was right. I was so angry that I couldn't fix it. I didn't understand why nothing I could do that would restore it. Um, I couldn't get re- reconciliation. I couldn't get restitution or any of that stuff. Um, and I couldn't understand it, but it made me really angry that I couldn't. Um, well, it makes sense
2: because when someone asked, I spoke about it a little bit today at work with someone, and she said, well, are you, she just, are you mad at this person? At the person and i said no i'm just mad Mm -mm. and it makes sense Mm -mm. because i don't understand so i wanted to tell you that those two pieces i know that your testimony touched a lot of people in a lot of different ways but i just wanted to tell you for me personally
3: that's awesome well praise the lord and i'm 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 glad that it Anything I say could ever bless anyone, <laughs> that. but it's not me. It's God's word, right? I mean, yeah. I'm just passing on what God gave, and and of course it's going to bless people. I mean, yeah. And I, I always say that because I hear so many testimonies. When I was at Seferi, we'd hear testimonies, and people would become a Jesus because of these testimonies. They would believe because of what they hear, right? Faith cometh yeah. by hearing, and yes. if the word of God is in your testimony, even if you're not quoting it word yep. for word, the, the, uh, the promise is there and the, you know, what you're clinging to is based on his word. I didn't quote a whole lot of scriptures because, and and some did come to my mind when I was building my notes, but you know, when you start talking, you're just really going to just talk about how it all happens, you know, and and maybe paraphrase a few, you know, but even when you do that, God's word never comes back. Void. Amen. I don't care if you know the address, Amen. if you're getting God's word into somebody's heart, it's never going to come back and it doesn't do anything always going to yeah. do something okay and we're going to put
2: we're going to put one right in this chat right now our verse
0: <laughs> i got one bible verse and then mary's going to close us out on prayer all right cool man i i appreciate you let me go along
2: oh it was awesome it you, blessed the, you
0: blessed us all tonight, brother thank you awesome romans thank ten you, nine through 10 that if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you'll be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So if you're not saved, please turn away, repent from your sins, ask God for forgiveness. And if you can truly believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. Uh, there's anyone here that would like to reach out to Mary and myself, we'll pray for you. You can reach us at this is an official godcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Telegram. And uh please reach out to us. Uh we can talk over the phone. We'll pray together. And you can always meet us here every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Godcast. You can call in at any time during the show and we'll pray with you for salvation. Yes. Okay, Mary.
2: Okay. So uh, we'll close out with prayer and we'll make this one a uh a little brief, but um, I had a prayer request sent to me from Truth Patriot for his wife's boss, who's uh, his health, and her friend Connie has been added to the jar, which we'll add. We'll pray about the jar here too. So, Lord, we just want to lift up tonight to you. Thank you, thank you for Douglas' testimony tonight. Thank you for bringing him in and flying him right down there in the seat real fast, so he could share about you tonight and we just so appreciate it and personally lord i just thank you for the words that was spoken to me tonight and i i also thank you for the i know that his words your words spoken through him have touched other people so we ask for an abundant blessing to be poured upon douglas and his family and his kids his podcast his music um His ministry, Lord. and those things that jazz him up about you, Lord, about just being right there in the battle and seeing people saved and delivered. Lord, we ask for more opportunities for him to be able to step into that. And we thank you for that. And uh, we lift up uh, Dog Mom's boss Kent and his health, Lord, we we pray healing over him. We pray a strengthening of his body, of his mind, of his soul. We pray for his uh, family to be, um, their relationships with each other to even just be increased through this challenge and closer. And Lord, we wanna lift up all these names in our prayer jar tonight. These people that have um, sent in, there's names of people that they, uh, are on their hearts to be saved. And so we pray for salvation for each one of these people. James, Caleb, Connie, Sean, Mary, Sarah, Ron, and Kathy, Gregory, Kathy, Taylor, Leah, Jay, Ariana, Patrick, and Blake. And Lord, we lift all of these names up to you. You know their names, but we'll speak them out right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray salvation and opportunities for them to hear the gospel. And to receive it and to believe it and to confess and repent and change their lives. And Lord, I just personally want to add my own personal prayer over um, a granddaughter that I just found out that I have yesterday. She's two. So we pray for Alicia, my four year old grandson, and we pray for my two year old granddaughter. And we pray for relationships to be restored. We pray for their health. We pray for decisions that have been made over their bodies over our family. I know you've got it, Lord. I know you've got it. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. amen. He's got it.
2: He sure does.
3: <laughs> he does. God bless you, Mary. God bless you, Ron. Thank you guys for your show. Um, you've been an inspiration to guys. What you guys do is very efficient. You guys do it well. You, uh, you guys do it honorably. You do it with a great stewardship. and. uh I just want to say that you guys deserve that that kudos. You guys deserve that thumbs up because you're doing a great job, doing a good work for the kingdom. I really am blessed that you guys do this and keep on doing it.
2: Thank you for your kind words. It's all, we say God. it all the time, it's all God, but we, we feel very blessed that we are in a time and space where we're able to be used.
3: Yeah, you guys are doing awesome work, too, and you're doing good at it. I've learned a lot from how you guys did what you did. The email you sent me, and the way you guys break down that—you uh, yeah. know, those are just tips. You know, and tips, you know? And,
0: and That's and really don't good stuff that, but...
3: A lot of people don't do that, go that far. Do you share know? with and, us
0: your podcast. Where can we find you? Where can we listen to you? Your what your what's the name of your podcast? For? Well,
3: I've been off of my podcast for a while. Um, I got pretty much convicted to drop it for a minute because there was more pressing things in my family that needed attention. Okay. And so I had, and my health was an issue. Um, I I thought I was dying of cancer for a while. Uh, I had a prostate infection that was looking like cancer. I did not want to go have a biopsy, but I went and did a, a non psychoactive marijuana treatment that took care of it. So marijuana is not all bad. actually and it was non-psychoactive but if anybody is curious about that any men having prostate issues DM me i'll give you the fix and it works great and your podcast just um, cost you a little bit of money huh where can we find your podcast oh and it's called praying to one it's on pod bean but soon to have a new one be coming out and it's not i'm gonna keep the praying to one but i'm gonna have a rumble and a youtube thing that we're gonna do that's called uh music in the Garden nice and i'll probably once i get those done i'll probably put them as an audio on the pod B too okay nice. let
0: us know when you get those and
3: we'll put those up on our telegram page uh it'll be coming in about a month i hope okay depending on what i got some things i still got to fix and duncan's got to teach me how to use a roadcaster.
2: okay yeah.
3: do are we're, we're out of time we gotta go
0: we'll see you guys next okay. week my dearest friend hang,
2: hang in here into zoom though
0: yeah, my dearest oh, friends, let's it. not forget yeah. we're here for one reason, one reason only, it's to spread the gospel, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please get out there, find that person you love that doesn't know him and share with them your testimony. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. We love you. God, God bless you
2: all. I love you. I wonder if the song will work. We have time.
0: Hey, you said you like bluegrass. Here you go. Oh, yeah. You might get a few seconds of it. We're going to cut out here quick. <laughs> yeah, I
4: love, love bluegrass.